I swear to God, there's always a delay no matter what. Well, I there do. is. And the only point, way to, to do a better job is to be doing a video podcast is like the only solution. Yeah, but my current haircut and situation sucks. Well, sucks to <laughs> have hair, I guess. I am so sorry I brought that. <laughs> <laughs> hair humor, I can get away with it. Gaming Blues Podcast. Oh dear God, welcome to the biannual... <laughs> Is it biannual? What do you call half annual? Mm, that, would, that, would, that would be biannual. That you're correct. Really biannual? Okay, welcome to the biannual podcast. Apparently, that's the Gaming Blues podcast. Welcome back after I think the last one we recorded as a group was on Star Wars. End of the eh, 2019, I think. Right? It was in a better. January? It was a better time in 2019. Yeah, like the COVID thing. Um, all the tension that's happening in the world. That's the reason I haven't recorded podcast. <clears throat> but we are back now because we actually had something to talk about in 2020 other than the depressing stuff. We have some positive stuff to talk about. I and mean, yes, there was the Xbox stuff, but we don't care about Xbox now, do we? <laughs> Guess not. We're strictly Sony and Nintendo in this bitch. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Um, actually, no, like, I have nothing about xbox is enticing me to get xbox well here's the thing microsoft has done a great job at making it so that people who don't want to pay money for a pc can buy a gaming box but people who paid money for a pc can just play all those games anyway so i don't need the gaming box that seems counterintuitive it is but they're going to sell more copies of their games and they help unify an audience gears of war 5 went down to five bucks in usa (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I feel like every Gears of War game has done that, trend-wise. Is, oh, they, like, they always go on Super Sale. You know what? Darren and I could bash Microsoft on days on end, even starting from the original Xbox. You want to talk not... about uh, Windows Live apps and how great oh, those geez. are? Does anybody remember Win- WGFL? Everyone remembers that. It's a scar on humanity's past. Remember they forced you to use it for like Halo, original Halo PC and stuff? And I remember games? buying freaking Batman Arkham City on PC and I had to use that. And I was like, why? Does anybody remember GameSpy? Wow. Now you're really going back. <laughs> <sighs> Let's try this again then. Welcome to the newest episode of the Gaming Blues podcast. We have missed you. I missed you. I miss talking to Darren. I miss talking about video games. It's been a very depressing time and tiresome time and hard time for many people out there. But, you know, positive vibes here and there. And we're back to talk about video games. As always, I'm your main host, Andy. And my other main host, the one and only, the recently revived... Resurrection. (laughs) Not that he was was dead. Darren McPhail from Gaming Pilgrimage. How are you doing, sir? I am super happy to be here, Andy, and to be reborn, realived, doing stuff on the internet again. You know, like, you're my best friends. It's kind of really awkward, like, talking, like, formal like this half the time. I mean, I don't really view it as formal. We're kind of playing it up a bit for the well, sake of entertainment and, and well, facilitating Mr. McPhail, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm just calling you Mr. McPhail from now on. <laughs> Mr. McPhail, what do you think of the PlayStation 5? How do you fancy those curbs? <laughs> I, 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 we can't talk like this because I'm just going to go straight Bane every time. 
Mm. Yeah, I can't do any like impersonations <clears throat> because my voice is not as charming as Darren's. But that's why I have Darren here to kind of balance out the annoyance <laughs> with the classy. Perfect. All right. <laughs> I'll do my so best. We're, <laughs> yeah, pressure's on, buddy. So we are a bit late on the reaction, I guess, reaction to the recent PlayStation 5 event, but I think we needed a time to kind of like digest all the information that's been out and not to kind of get talk during the honeymoon phase where we go like, everything is super hype. Everything is great. PS5 won this generation, as you can tell by my Twitter feed, where I just talk in all caps. Like about Pokemon Snap. <laughs> that That's another podcast. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! I they just switched my train of thought. Pokemon Snap, God, fucking Pokemon! <laughs> but it's you only. It's I, a, but you're only gonna have. Uh, it's gonna be a free range safari, no levels, and you're gonna have a limit of ten photos. Which you have to upload to like the Pokemon Home app. No, no, no. Phone. You got you got to take your SD card out of your Switch, and you have to go to like a, your local London Drugs your local grocery store, and you have to print out your photos, and you have to email them to Nintendo. Remember that wasn't actually... Like, Darren's trying to reference the actual thing they did back in the 90s where you actually can print off your photos. I think you bring your own cartridge? Yes. To the London Drugs? And, <laughs> and like, brought it to it a off. Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and like, they printed it out. <laughs> like, I don't know why that was so, like, revolutionary at the time. Like, I nobody mean, really had printers. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't, because I don't think it really... <laughs> took off and I, only, I to be fair i imagine most blockbuster locations probably did not have this little kiosk no like one in every like five states maybe how <laughs> well do you think one. pokemon snap sold on the n64 i mean it had a following right yes but a following doesn't always translate to sales numbers i mean it sold enough to make this switch release I mean, did it sell enough or did Pokemon sell enough? I mean, people actually wanted Pokemon Snapback. But then again, like, people nowadays, like, they just want everything and anything. So, I briefly pulled up the numbers. That's my man. So, apparently, this is, keep in mind, the physical release. I'm not counting, like, digital re-release on uh, the Wii eShop. Pokemon Snap sold approximately 151,000 copies. (laughs) Within its uh, first few days in the U.S., it's not a lot, in cl- like considering in, like. Back oh, in the day okay. The so then, going down further, it eventually reached 1.5 million copies. So it did sell pretty well. Jesus Christ! Not not Pokemon <laughs> numbers by any means, because the Pokemon games usually sell in like the tens of millions. But still, but still, for a spinoff game on the N64, that's pretty good. So maybe the whole blockbuster tie-in makes more sense. Because apparently IGN, according to Wikipedia, attributes the success of sales with well-targeted promotions and tie-ins with blockbuster. Oh, God. I mean, where are we supposed to go now? Blockbuster is dead. Uh, what is... There's like a rental service that you can use that was like Redbox? A, Redbox, I think. And Game, is Gamefly still alive? Didn't Gamefly become Redbox? It probably did. I'm not going to research it, that since we're not talking about the PlayStation Five right now, which is uh, yeah. What apparently, we're we're, talk about. we're talking about Nintendo now. Okay, well, we'll conclude with saying I, maybe they can do a collaboration with one of the Japanese printmakers, being like Pokemon Snap Printer. Mm. 
You know how the, like those like Polaroid printers are really popular these days? You could probably hook one up to a Switch. That'd be freaking awesome if you can. Just like print Polaroids of your Pokemon. Print like picture. 240p pictures. Hell yeah. And just stick them on your wall. Probably be, like... be really expensive and require you to get like like unique ink cartridges. Yeah, fucking 20 bucks for 10 pictures, bitch. <laughs> We're still in the you 90s. laugh about it now, but if you go to Amazon right now, like you can buy like ten of those Polaroids for like fifteen bucks. <laughs> those things print money, literally. Wow, print All right. pun. We're not here to talk about Nintendo. That's next week. <laughs> no, actually, no. I don't know what Nintendo's doing. We are here about Sony, good old Sony, which I bought stock for because I thought the PS5 announcement would spike the stock up. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. It fluctuated here and there. I'm like up above net positive right now, so I'm kind of happy about that. I'm a okay leaving my stock decisions to more capable people than myself. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say anything about you or your decisions. I just said I don't trust myself with that. Shut up. <laughs> All right, Darren. A little trivia to ask you. Oh, God. What Which console generation are we in now? This would be the ninth? Dang. Really? I think so. You have, okay. you have uh, NES, Super Nintendo, the PlayStation One era, PS Two. No, we'd be in uh, we'd be in the eighth then, right? Because this last one was the seventh console generation. I believe so. Or was my math off? And this is the seventh. I believe so. Don't you're just agreeing <laughs> with everything I say? I'm throwing out wrong numbers, and you're like, yes, I believe so. <laughs> All right, whatever. The point is, everyone's all the like the console manufacturers are declaring this is a quote-unquote the last console generation because at this point we don't need any more bigger hardware we're just going to update the current hardware with better software that's one of like the most dumbest thing i ever heard well i mean we also just talked about this a little bit with our microsoft uh mentioned at the top of this where we're getting to a point where all the technology is nearly ubiquitous except for like potentially nintendo but at the same Mm -hmm. time they're just using existing tablet and smartphone hardware. So we're at the point where everything runs on more or less similar hardware. And I think between the, uh, sorry, the Xbox Series X. XSX. XXXXXX. And Sex. the uh, PS5. We're looking at pretty similar hardware probably. Unless there's something really revolutionary with what they're doing with the tech which it doesn't sound like there is based off the conversations that have had so far so by the next time there's going to be a quote-unquote next console generation it's we're probably just looking at pre-built pcs because i feel like that's more or less what we're getting now yep because we're like basically using the same type of ssd we use in pcs same kind of graphic chips made by um, NVIDIA and CPUs made by AMD. So they're literally just slowly becoming the PC. Yeah, I mean, that's... this last console generation, you could see that with almost every major release that's not an exclusive coming out to PC, Xbox, and PS4. It's So easily uh, ported. Easily ported because it's all running on the same tech, more or less. And I think this generation's gone on for a really long time, uh, feeling like just less good PC versions. So looking back at my PS4 library, I did have bought considerable amount of games, which I never beat, but I'm slowly beating. But it made me realize like it's at reached a point where 
like we want something kind of bigger, I guess. Like we have seen, well, I don't want to say we have seen what the PS4 can do because I think there's still games coming out and have come out that kind of show like the potential of the PS4. And even the newer games that are coming now are still kind of pushing the boundaries of what this thing can do. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like making us wonder like, you know, the PCs are doing like crazy 4K and like eventually you'll do like 8K things with the RTX and like, and whatnot. So what can the console do in this generation? So I think that's what everyone was expecting Microsoft and Sony to show with their, um, what do you call those like reveal shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. To kind of give a glimpse of what the systems can do for the next potential like five to ten years, and that's what we're talking about today with the PS5 announcement. Segway. <clears throat> so with the COVID pandemic, we did not have an E3 this year. Nope. We did not have. Well, then again, play, Sony didn't go to last year's E3. No, they didn't. Last year's E3 kind of felt like a bit of a wet fart. There wasn't really a crazy amount announced, and there was also the controversy where a lot of previous uh, press attendees and people who actually paid money to go to E3 had their information leaked uh, via the company that runs E3, and that was a huge security oversight, and they had like a really bandaged solution to it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of... like I follow... Uh, giantbomb.com a lot of those guys are veterans of the gaming journalism industry they talk at great length about how they felt that E3 has been on the the decline for like five or six years now Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like this is like they feel like this could very well be the the death blow especially after how last year's event went and with Nintendo's success at Nintendo Direct's and then Sony kind of following suit with their, I think it's called Play... State of Play. State of Play, yes, sorry. Thank you about that. And... Thank you. I mean, we know the numbers from this PlayStation 5 event where it's like one of the... it's If not the most viewed video game-related reveal event ever, mm-hmm. it pulled in huge numbers. And this really shows that these giant companies, they don't need a platform like E3 to make these announcements and have this widespread reach, especially now when everyone's at home or should be at home, or at the very least, we know people are not. Uh, they better the be same, at home. <laughs> the same state of busyness as they would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to bring up the old joke of like, don't you have a phone? Like everybody has some sort of way to access the internet these days, and the internet has become the best medium to deliver content, even like better than just going to actual places and seeing it live. I mean, so, this way, you'll never have a Skyward Sword situation. You'll never have a, a demo go wrong. You can control the information much better this way. And I know a lot of other podcasts and different uh, content creators out there have gone into depth about like the advantage of like the direct-style format. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, especially right now, the advantages completely outweigh the pros. The only thing that you get from a physical event is networking. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, could be incredibly valuable to these companies, but I don't know if it has the same level of needed value as like just trying to get outreach and like engagement with viewers yeah. versus needing to talk to other people in the industry. I mean, I though I saw I kind of like empathize with the like indie developers because they all they came out on Twitter saying. 
like this is like the big event we go to network but then again you have all the other events like gdc and things like that where you can go network so yeah like pro- pax is a great example of it too where that's mm-hmm. probably i i i don't know this because i've never been to e3 but we wanted to this year but <laughs> i mean I, I had a chance a couple of years ago to go and i didn't take it take it up but whatever it's you. fine uh, it would like, be a lot of lineups, but the point being, I feel like PAX and GDC are more developer-oriented events, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like a lot of people view E3 as this big reveal event. It's meant to be there to get reveals. People are there for the announcements. They're not there to see a lot of the pre-existing games, but I'm sure from a business perspective, especially for those smaller developers who don't have the resources and the outreach that a Sony, a Microsoft, or a Nintendo do, they probably value the opportunity to speak with those individuals and to network with other similar developers. So I, I get it. But I, I, but I mean, I, I guess my conversation is more so in viewer engagement and mm-hmm. getting people to, to see your message and how they see your message. Like from a consumer side, some people actually thrive upon seeing things live and they kind of like, absorb like the energy surrounding them kind of like they, they want that experience like well not, it's a bad example of, like going to the movies and like kind of reacting with everyone within the movie although I don't, rec- I don't recommend you actually react during movies that's kind of bad taste but at the same side I don't think we're losing much by not like not having a physical event I mean if you're also someone who needs to go to a physical event to watch product announcements for commercial products you consume I think maybe you should reevaluate what where you get your excitement from in life. Oof. I mean, I appreciate that people were like, I need to be there in E3 to like to be, feel excited when they drop stuff like a new Zelda game or you know the new Final Fantasy stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like you're just getting excited about a product. It's literally like it's like it's like the same idea of going to go to the Apple event to watch them talk about the new iPhone. I think there's a lot of influencers that kind of they kind of need events like that to sure. you know, push their numbers. I mean, a lot of people put a lot of stock in the opinions of other people, so uh, stock, they stock, they stock, can stock, they stock. can do that, I suppose. But, but we should actually talk about, about the event. <laughs> yeah. So here's how it's gonna go down. We 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 will go down through the list of everything they announced in order, and we will talk about each game as it, you know as much as we can talk about. Please be understand that not all games excite us in ways that other games do. So we might be skipping over the games you want to listen to or talk about. But, you know, everyone has different needs and wants and likes. So we will start this off by Sony revealing the best game for PS5 possible as their first game they show off. Grand Theft Auto fucking 5. Jesus. I honestly Why? thought it was like an ad playing before the event. <laughs> Me too. Because it still had the PS4 logo on the left corner. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought like, oh great, they're doing the whole remaster thing again, like from the get-go. Like they're just porting over GTA 5. Because yeah. they, they basically can because it's a PC version, so they can just well, upscale it for the say, PS5. GTA 5 like just prints money. GTA Online is like the most Literally. profitable video game ever, and it's absolutely insane the numbers that game gets and the amount of profit that rockstar is able to continue to make off of it it like my brother and his friends play it and i'm just sitting here going like you should play new games (laughs) (laughs) 
But Darren, it's a new experience every time you hop online. He was showing me on PS4, it takes him like 10 minutes to load into his online game. And I'm like, I don't understand how you guys have the patience <laughs> for this. And they play like, you know, they're 30 frames per second, run around, get shot by random people in a car. They go do a heist and they fail it and they have to retry it like eight times. I'm like, I guess during like, you know, a pandemic where you're supposed to stay inside. Sure. But like. I don't know, as, as an adult with uh, responsibilities and time constraints, uh, yikes. Time constraints. <laughs> I ain't got no time for that 10-minute loading screens. No. Even on PC, that loading time is like kind of abysmal. No, it's it's not a well-optimized game by any stretch. So we're going to skip Grand, talking about Grand Theft Auto V. Like, okay. what do we need to talk about? Like, everyone knows what it is. Bucks. Everyone else, we can move on. It's free, I guess. Hooray. And it'll be running in like 60 FPS for console players for the first time. Yay. Well, presumably. For, and maybe RTX graphics. Who knows? All right. Next game, which kind of, you know, skyrocketed everyone's hype to 11 right after the, you know, kind of flaccid announcement that was GTA 5. A new Spider-Man's game, Spider-Man game is coming out. Miles Morales, right? Yeah, Miles Morales. So this is okay. the... The, uh, I guess in terms of like, I think this Ultimate Spider-Man, he was like the, it was like the sequel series where yes. uh, Miles Morales was uh, Spider-Man. And obviously there was, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the movie and I've seen it like eight times. Spider-Verse? Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse. Such a fantastic film. I, that reminds me, I need to buy like a 4K copy of it to play on my TV. Uh, Yay. 4K but, uh, Ultra HD DVD you can buy. <laughs> yeah, but that movie is phenomenal, which I think helped skyrocket uh, Miles Morales as a character, like his popularity, because that's like his actual, like, I, I think in terms of a film, like a really mainstream release, that's like his first exposure to a global audience, and it did incredibly well, and he was a cool character in the actual Spider-Man PS4 game that was wildly successful for uh, both Insomniac Games and Sony and them announcing a follow-up to it this soon after which it came out in 2018 I believe sure I believe so I, it might be 2019 I, the, what, sure what, I believe what, so. what is time <laughs> what is time but uh, God, point Steve, being don't do that to me. it was no one was expecting a follow-up to Spider-Man this quickly and so everyone is uh, hyped for this and I think with good reason Although I think we get the benefit of waiting because there was a lot of misinformation being spread about this game and what exactly it was. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, because I think most people just thought it was, oh, it's only DLC for the PS4 game, right? It's not a full-fledged game. Kind well, of that thing. was the confusion. People were like, is this DLC? Is this a mm -hmm. full-blown sequel? Like, w is this a remaster with like the other base game? But this is like a... Like an epilogue or something? Like an extra chapter to add on to like the <clears throat> the base PS4 game. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's only it was only confusing because it came right after the GTA 5 trailer. And that was for like, oh, it's a PS4 game, but it can play on PS5. Well, there's so also a, a Sony exec like, oh, afterwards no. who was confusing the story. <laughs> it's like you're not helping the case no he i think like at first he was like oh it's dlc then someone else was like it's not a what? sequel then someone else was like no no no, it's a sequel and people are like is it standalone someone's like yeah it's standalone sequel and they're like a sequel and they're like well it's a follow-up to the story and it's standalone and you're like explaining what, what this game explaining this game is basically the plot of the second spider-man spider-verse movie 
So basically, <laughs> is it a DLC. Hmm. The TLDR is that this is very much in the vein of uh, Uncharted: Lost Legacy, which is a Are standalone we- game using characters and assets. But it's a new. It's a, this is a new game using the same existing assets and technology from Spider-Man, probably enhanced for PS5. But this is a standalone story that presumably is a sequel to that story because I don't know if anyone knows this, but Spider-Man PS4, Miles Morales is not Spider-Man in that uh, that game. Still a kid in that game. Well, I mean, Normal he's probably kid. the same age he is here. I wish he kept the same hairstyle in the movie and... Uh, in the movie, so uh, carry over to the game. Well, I mean, they're different things. They're doing different things. So and he's, oh, and he's older. The same and, thing. He's older in the game than he is in the movie. The young one's so cool. He is very cool. He's got a, the move. Well, uh, to be fair, Into the Spider Verse has like the best designs for like every character. <laughs> so I think I put it perfectly when I say like this is basically Spider Man ODST. If anybody gets he, that reference, yeah, it's that idea. <laughs> this is a standalone game which. If this is following like the Lost Legacy example, uh, this will be a probably a smaller overall game when compared to Spider-Man PS4. So you're probably looking at a different map or a similar map or a more constrained version of it with a bit less overall content, but maybe a tighter focus, which in my opinion, I've never finished Spider-Man PS4, but I've played like 60 hours of it. I think it's wow. a great game, but it's super bloated. And the idea of a tighter, more focused experience with that, well, a IP and the the gameplay systems, that's way more appealing to me. My only worry is that this will just become a glorified tech demo, which I probably won't be. I, but I still have I like this fear. This... Like, I mean, there has been examples of like past where like the games were basically just showing off like the tech. I mean, if anything, I think the game of all these announcements, which I think is the next one, is going to be uh, Ratchet and Clank might be veer the most close to uh, tech demo territory. You shut your face. <laughs> I'm just saying they're throwing out information about how the game works, and it's like that sounds like it highlights the features of the PS5 really well. They introduced the new Lombax character. You shut your face. This will be the greatest Ratchet game of all time. All right, it's all it takes apparently. Anyway, moving on. Yes, they did announce a new Ratchet game, which made me very moist because we haven't had a Ratchet game. Well, we did have a Ratchet game, one based on reboot, reboot, and we had a movie, which wasn't that good. So seeing a new Ratchet game, although I was hoping for they go like a more grungier direction, like they were deadlocked, but that's just me. (laughs) I think you are uh, among a minority. God, I love Deadlocks. It's so good. I can just talk about the Deadlocks anyway. good, but it's not as good as uh, Up Your Arsenal. You know, Up Your Arsenal more like it. So a new I mean, Ratchet has been announced. And yes, it was basically showing like, oh, the PS... I'm so used to calling it PS4. The PS5 virtually has no loading times, quote unquote, by showing like, you can jump to a different dimension slash worlds by going through these portals in like two to three seconds. Whoa, there's basically no loading times. Everything's super shiny. Explosion of VFX. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the the full working title there. And Insomniac Games did confirm that there's going to be a gameplay mechanic where you're jumping through like these rifts and you will literally go from one world to another almost instantly with no loading times, which 
that was the big thing in that uh, Mark Cerny interview way back when, when he first revealed the PS5. And I think it was with The Verge, that interview, actually. And mm-hmm. uh, he basically confirmed that like it, like they're using like super SSDs that really cut down on loading times to be almost non-existent. And that's one of their core goals with the PS5, is to really reduce loading times, which is great, because this console generation has been, uh, like we said earlier, pretty notorious for it. So it's an SSD, so Super Saiyan Super D. Super Saiyan Super SSD drive. Solid State Drive. God Saiyan Blue. But uh, also, it does use another piece of new technology. Well, not new, but new for console game technology. In which they're going to implement ray tracing on Clank's head. Oh my god, the shiny metal head. That is actually a quote. That they are they are implementing ray tracing for reflections on Clank's head. If you look at closely at the demo, they purposely have this section where all the enemies are metal. <laughs> for like a good solid five seconds. Like, okay, I, I see you got the ray tracing. All right. <laughs> I mean, in terms of gameplay, it looks uh, very ratchet and Samey. clanky in terms of third yeah. person shooting combat. Although maybe a bit more weapon interaction where he like froze the enemies and blew them up. Uh, they showed where you can jump on that enemy and ride them. Yep. So there might be a couple uh, different gameplay mechanics. And yes, they showed a new Lombax character, which is the race of cat rat people that Ratchet is. I mean, there has been female Lombax characters before, which has been forgotten. (coughs) Angela. (coughs) What game is she from? She's from the second game. The one with like like the pet, the blue furball pet thing. Oh. She was working as the like the bad guy and like the mask. So she was trying to get the pet away from the doctor, who turns out to be Quark. So you know, typical villain story. Yeah, bad guy is good guy and good guy is bad guy. There's also a anyway. Lombax character in A Crack in Time. Yep, there's one of his like Lombax kind who's friend of Ratchet's dad. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm really into the Ratchet and Clank <sighs> lore. Did you know Clank was on? <laughs> The chosen one. <laughs> yeah, the story goes. Look, Ratchet and Clank's not about the story; it's about blowing shit up. So, one thing I also noticed during like the gameplay is like, obviously, this is a given with the new hardware, so you can like process more things. There are a lot of things going on on the, on the screen. Yes, there's a lot of like, effects diff- at play, physics, different like polygons, animation, environment. Like, you might not notice because Ratchet & Clank is known for, like... It's really... It's a busy game when the action's, like, high... Like, like cranks it up. You know, like, blowing everything up. But if you actually look closely... Like, the non-interactable characters and the environment... Like, it's, like... I, I will say almost, like, triple the amount it was in the PS4 game. And given that it's, like, the very first game... I'm, I'm assuming this will be for launch. Or within, like, the first months of the launch game. I'm verily impressed. I mean, impressed we don't really have dates from uh, from this event. I mean, this or well, not the console itself, but I'm assuming this will be a launch game. It would, that would be a good if they if everything Quote me they on that showed bitch. off or almost everything they showed off at this event was launch window. That would be a, presumably a pretty strong set of launch games. I mean, there are obviously some like Horizon Two that's like ways off. Yeah, obviously. they're they're saying twenty twenty one for sure. For yeah, Horizon Two, which I mean, I can spoilers a- they announced. I can assume at least 
Spider-Man Miles Morales. Morales or Morales? I can't pronounce it. Morales. Last time. Sorry. Morales. That and Ratchet and Clank are either launch game and or close to launch games. I mean, especially because I feel like with the Miles Morales game, they there's probably a strong possibility they'll launch it on both platforms mm-hmm. because Spider-Man is sold to a huge audience on PS4 and they pro- probably don't want to lose that potential revenue. Correct. And a, a Ratchet and Clank game at launch would, I, I in my mind, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a, a good, strong mm-hmm. pick for the Sony brand. And I'm glad they announced it. I, I mean, never it was really there... played much of the new one for PS4. I remember thinking it looked, like, super good. It always looks good, but gameplay-wise, like, it's the good old Ratchet, like, Ratchet and Clank formula. And, like, what can you really add on to it, to be honest? Dual like wielding have... with the ability to switch it gangster style, according to you. That's yes. a reference to Deadlocked. That gun sucked. Yeah, but you can hold it gangster style. <laughs> Look, it's all all about the flail, okay? <laughs> God, all right. That... You can fight that everyone... war on your own. Everyone go play Deadlocked. This is the best play up your game. arsenal first. <laughs> sure, that one has a lightsaber mod for your uh, wrench, which is freaking awesome. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Oh my god! Can we just have a ratchet retrospective? <laughs> we can. We can talk about that. I fucking love Ratchet and Clank. I, mean, I love the Insomniac HD collection. There is. Yeah. PS3 and had several failure games like those, like that stupid party game. Was it one for all or whatever? Anyway, Shh, I don't care. About sh- this. Don't talk, we don't talk about, about this. Speaking of not talking about those, Darren, do you care about Gran Turismo? No. Okay, it's but probably I do, gonna so. be pretty cool. <laughs> so give me two minutes to ramble on about it. Alright, I'm gonna go check Twitter or something. Alright, three, two, one, go. Holy shit, they announced Gran Turismo seven. I didn't think they would do, but they actually did it. But then again, they probably just in Brazil leaked it because they're idiots. <clears throat> they're saying like, oh the the PlayStation said uh Gran Turismo Sport is always the seventh one. No, it isn't, you idiots. They they actually announced the seventh one. But the good thing about it is, like, like the PS4 era Gran Turismo were, like, all freaking weird. Like, you had Gran Turismo 5, uh, sorry, like, Gran Turismo Sport and Prologue and all that fucking shit. But leading up to this, it was leading up to this, Gran Turismo 7 for PS5. They had all the time in the world during the PlayStation, like, 4 period to actually make a legit Gran Turismo game for the PS5. They have no more excuses anymore. They got to get everything right, like, the actual crowd, like, the internal um, interior design and weather effect like they lost the Forza for how many years now they even have an esports circuit going on they have to do everything right I'm so looking hyped to it everything looks so good they even have the, like this crazy Mazda hybrid concept they had from like the design shows that like only put like those like for the content like the Mercedes ones they have for Gran Turismo 6 uh, I am so hyped for Gran Turismo 7 you have no idea I'm done they really messed up with Gran Turismo this generation right they had like oh, yeah. sport and they had like a like a demo for 5 I remember five prologue and then five and then didn't have six. I just have sport which is supposed to be six and I don't know. It was a really big mess. It was an awkward time, especially because like during like the PS one and especially the PS two era, Gran Turismo was like a killer app. It was the racing game because at the time there was no competition. Like the only competition was Need for Speed, and that was not even like the same genre. Yeah. Now we have. Well, Forza. it's still racing, but yeah. Like they literally screwed the pooch as I think you'd say like during the PS3 era because they did not have a solid game like right away because they're doing the whole prologue model which like confused everybody 
It was super and confusing. Did GTA Five ever fully release? Yeah, GT, it did. not G- GTA. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, GT Five actually released. Was it as late a... on the PS3? Like really late into the life? Yeah, it was. Yeah. There's also that, that project. Uh, what was it? There was that car game that came out for PS4 that they stopped the service for. Project Cars. No, 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 it wasn't Project Cars. It was like a Sony first party deal. Uh, it's like Aston something, I think. I don't yeah, remember. Uh... But yeah, <laughs> I, looked up I, guess, so, uh, I guess for look. PlayStation <laughs> sport driving fans outside oh of uh, some of the third party games like Project Cars or like Dirt and whatnot, you've been pretty starved. This is what came up. I looked, Googled Sony racing game, and you know what came up? What? Team Sonic Racing. <laughs> That's it was how a rough screwed up it was for, uh, for, for driving fans. All right, that's GT Seven. Yes. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's a please full game. be good. Please be good, and actually have a legit like on good single player and multiplayer. Time will tell. And VR mode. Anyway, <clears throat> so I I was super double moisted by those two announcements because yes, I love Sony first party because PS2 was my shit back into the day i mean i think a lot of people feel that way judging by the numbers of this event and the numbers of sales for sony first party games but that was it for the first party announcements at the time and then we went into the third parties and then score enix came out with this mysterious trailer not of a full game it's just a concept trailer but it looked gorgeous project Athia. This reminds me way back during one of the PS4 E3s where they showed off their own engine. Yep, this, Luminous Engine. Yeah, this looks similar to that. They are, I think, using the same engine because it's, it's by Square Enix and Luminous Productions. And Luminous Productions is kind of their like quote-unquote mo- like CG movie division kind of thing. It's so this interesting because... Is- like, Almost all the last few major Square releases have been on Unreal, like the Final Fantasy VII Remake and, 15. you know, Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. And so, they're suddenly now going back to their own engine now. Which, historically, has been a huge problem for Square Enix, because they used to make new engines for every single one of their new games. Because 13 did so well, right? Ha! Ah. Do you want me to defend 13? Uh. <laughs> Do you really want to defend 13? It's an okay game. That's a strong defense, Andy. <laughs> I can't beat that. Uh, Move yeah, it on. <clears throat> Next game by Annapurna Interactive called Stray. Now, <laughs> I have a very funny story about this one, if you would allow me. By all means. So, I was watching this event with the with the co-worker during work time because it was at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. And we saw this trailer and it's like kind of like chappy in a way where everything's like robots and people have monitor for heads. I was like, okay. It's kind of like a s- cyberpunk pseudo like post-apocalyptic world. And then you see the cat. And we were both talking about, oh, there's still like, you know, life in this world. It's not like fully, you know, robotized or like, me- like mechs anymore. So there's still like living things. And then we both at the same time jokingly said, because we were on like um, voice chat, like, do we play as the cat? And then the title shows up straight. We're like, oh, shit, you do play as the cat. 
Stray and we're cat. like, like game of the show right there. I love how there's like nothing cat. known about this game except that you play as a cat. You play as a cat. What more do you want? All right. I don't really have anything more to add to that. I was just like, huh, cats are a theme at this uh, event. Game of show. <laughs> sure. Game of show. Like, okay. you can't argue. If you argue, you hate cats. <laughs> Moving on. A new franchise. And I think this... I have also a funny reaction to this, but I'll let you give your perspective this time. A new psychological horror thriller shooter game called Returnal and is developed by formerly arcade focused studio called Housemark. And from what I can see and from the trailers, it's about this lady who is stationed on this planet. I guess she is an astro- astrologist. She could be. I, I mean, you could be other types of scientists. To be Astronaut, yeah. And apparently she constantly dies and every time she dies and she relives to the same events, things change every time. What do you think about this? Like this is not it's not it's not an original concept, but No, it looked like a weird fusion between Death Stranding and like a Dark Souls type of design thing. I don't Rogue know. Stranding. I don't really have a lot to go on. <laughs> For uh, the announcement trailer, and I didn't really have a strong impression leaving it. Uh, all I know is that, like, just based off of the tech and the way things looked, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm getting strong Death Stranding vibes from this. When me and my friend first saw this, we we're like, oh shit, it's this kind of like a Space Silent Hill kind of game where you're trying to like piece together what's going on every time you die. And then we saw the gameplay where it's like a third person shooter, and you like, it's really fast paced. So we're both like sort of disappointed that it's going this route. So it's a shooter at its what core. Could have been. What could have been? It could have been the next Silent Hill, but in space. Space Hills. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we just I just want a good psychological thriller, okay? <laughs> it's not so much to ask. And not a, like a David Cage game. Because that's too extreme. Just the right amount of horror and psychology. 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 Anything else you want to add before we move on? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> oh my god, where is this going? All right, Sackboy, a big adventure. Basically, Little Big Planet 4. Yay! Next one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you, I mean, Sackboy is a good mascot character. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's like Minecraft releasing campaign mode for Minecraft. You know. I mean, you get more Sackboy content. If you're into that, by all means. Mm. I'm sure it, if that's a launch title, that could be a strong, like, you know, couch co-op game. Family-friendly game? Yeah. Family fun time with Sackboy. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> so this one was interesting at the start because we thought it was a Twisted Metal reboot. <laughs> but no. Destruction All-Stars is an action sports game where you try to kill each other in cars. Was there a movie about that? I think it was called Death Race. (laughs) I am not joking you. Yes, that that is a real movie, (laughs) although it's a lot grittier than this. Yep, it was Death Race. Well, it's like a hipster Death Race. (laughs) Well, this looks like Fortnite Death Race. Death Race. 
You got the Wait. your 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 stylish looking characters. They have like uh, emotes when they win. They're very. They have a lot of personality, or they're like trying to show a lot of character through animations and whatnot. So, the vibe I got was they're really trying to push for that uh, animated look. It always throws me off when they're trying to make violence cool. It's like, hey, I'm trying to run you over this car with a gigantic like razor wheel, but you're like just be like being nonchalant about it. <laughs> like, I don't know, like. The only thing I can think of, like, this could be esports game, like how Rocket League did, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm not really sure. Like, if they really support it, it could be. But I've seen a lot of games in the next, next like, last generation where, oh, it could have been an esports game, but never kind of took off. So this is kind of like, eh, show me what you got kind of thing. But right now it's like, you know, just generic. Um,. You're just trying to fit in with like the Fortnite crowd kind of game for me. I don't know how you feel about it. So I'm I'm basically underwhelmed. I mean, I thought it looked fun. And I think I don't know the details of this. If it's going to be like a full retail release. If it's multiplayer only. But I think the idea of having like a racing combat game in the vein of like uh, uh, Twisted Metal or even like MotorStorm. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun, and I think potentially if, if this were like a free game that you could just get launch day with your PS5, I think that could be fun. And in the vein of like a Rocket League or, or like even a Fortnite to an extent, if it had crossplay, I think that could be a, a potential for fun. I'm not inherently against it, uh, but I don't really have a lot. I think it's one of those games that it really depends on how it feels to play. I think it's something your brother would dig. Yes, I definitely got that vibe as well, and I could see myself enjoying it because, like, you know, I, I like twisted metal and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I feel like it'll be a wait and see. I'm potentially optimistic about this one. And it's another year where twisted metal just doesn't come back. It's it's there is no future for twisted metal. Next game, Kena: Bridge of Spirits. I think I was impressed by the impressed by this because it was a indie game. Yeah, looks really good. The graphics looks really good. Um, it I looked know, a lot like Kubo. That's what I thought too. It's like everyone's saying like it's kind of like Pixar light graphics here. And yeah, there. it reminded me a lot of. Is it Kubo and the the strings? What is the full name of that? It was a stop motion animated film. <laughs> Kubo and the strings. <laughs> I I don't remember. I never got an. Oh, guy, you're close. It was Kubo and the two strings, <laughs> not just one, mm. two strings. But uh. <laughs> I mean, th- I, I, I granted, I didn't really have a strong impression other than like, ooh, this looks like artistically neat. Yeah, but then again, like, there's so many, we have learned our lessons over the years and so many constant generation that you can't really be sold on a game just by visuals. Order 18, it's like a third person action adventure type thing. <clears throat> And you can tell it's an indie game in like some sort of like the areas where like the animations here here, here there kind of like yeah. But then again, it's I think it's manned by like I th- I thought it was like one person or a really small team. The idea of like a tight designed third person adventure game that's not going to be like forty hours long is super appealing to me. So I'm I I would label this under the potentially could be really cool category. 
I'm more optimistic for this than Lucid Racing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> or for sure. Sorry, Destruction I think this racing. game looks way more interesting than that. But uh, I would I would label this. You know, if we had a tier for this, I, I would have potentially optimistic, and I would say potentially could be really cool above it. The f- <laughs> it's what? <laughs> That's a long ass tier. <laughs> you know what? I don't make the rules. I just go with it. Okay. How about we decide on like just three basic tiers right now? Like will play, might rent. And There's no, no renting. Renting is a foreign concept. How about buy it at launch, wait for reviews, and no? That's... I think you almost need four. <laughs> oh, my God. Because um, there's a divide between, like, eh, and no. Fine, we'll go with eh, and then no, then... And hell yeah, I guess. All right. Well, <laughs> I think Spider-Man is probably a must-buy. That's and, not a uh, tier list we agreed on. I thought on. you just said must buy. Launch buy was the highest category. Sure. Launch. Must buy at launch. Launch buy. It sounds and like then, you're saying lunch buy. And I agree. I am hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> GTA 5. No. No. <laughs> just no. No. You get uh, Ratchet, free anyway. Ratchet and Clank. Probably wait for sale, if anything. Yeah. Wait for sale. Wait for reviews. It really depends on what that launch looks like, I suppose. Granted, I don't even know if I would get a PS5 at launch. Yeah. I've done that for PS4 I got in launch window. I didn't get it at launch. I got it maybe a few months after. Mm-hmm. And Switch I got at launch. And I, every I mean... time, <laughs> every time, you feel the drought. I mean, for Switch, you don't really have a different skew except for like the b- bigger battery one. No, but I mean just buying a Switch at launch day. I was like, I can play Breath of the Wild, and you beat Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, okay, now what can I do? Wait for Smash. Pretty much. Okay, um, GT7, I would buy that at launch. I would wait for a review for sure. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That I one, don't know I, if I, this I, is actually going to be a full game, given by their, the, the past uh, precedent you're, you're set. Absolute, you're absolutely right. So I wait for reviews for GT7. Ratchet and Clank probably wait for sale. I, I will say a must-buy for me because i never seen a bad Ratchet game where you just play as like Ratchet and Clank. One for all. <laughs> um, Project Athe as a concept trailer. That doesn't... like. That so doesn't, we'll, we'll put that in no because we don't even not, know. No for now. Stray must-buy. That's an A for sure. <laughs> I just want to see what, what's a, like, what it's about. Okay, you play as a cat. So what, what do you do as a cat? Um, Returnal, wait for reviews for sure. That's an A. <laughs> That's an A. <laughs> there, is, there, uh, there is like nothing to go on. Sackboy, Big Adventure. It's not for me, but... Not for me. That would be... Yeah, not for me. Destruction All-Star is probably free, I would I guess. Would, if, if you had to pay for that, I would be like raising yeah, my eyebrows. I would like, put... Really. Yeah. If you're a Fortnite lover, then sure, why not? Kana Bridge of Spirits. I would say wait for review too. Yeah, I, I put that wait for reviews. I think potentially it could be neat. All right, next game. If it is a game, I thought I think it's a, it's just a visual novel. Goodbye Volcano Volcano High. Some uh, skinny looking horse fairy dragon people. I think it's for people who like um us. Ah, oh, shit! What's the game called? Uh, the str- a stranger life or life is strange. Yeah, stranger life. Yeah, life is strange. If you like dig that those kind of games, I think this is a good like. I don't know. I was getting a different vibe from this game. Look, I don't want to call a call out like niche people, right? <laughs> <laughs> Furries. <laughs> like, if you're into that thing, by all means, 
this is for you. And I'm kind of glad you got your, like, your a game for your interest actually got, like, time on the main stage. So good on you, I guess. Then that's where I'll put it at. <laughs> Yay? I mean, not for us. <laughs> Obviously not for us. I'm not the target demographic. Next up, Oddworld. I haven't played an Oddworld game ever, so I don't I don't Me really know neither. I know it's like an illustrious series that's gone some has had some strange additions, and they had mm-hmm. uh, their the original series creator there talking about it. I don't know what this entails. If it's good, I think if you like this sort of game, it looks good. I just don't know anything about this universe, so I'm like, ah, I don't know. All I know about Oddworld is that they had a weird ass commercial for the original Xbox, where like they're promoting some soda from the game. And like the little midget is always drinking something like that threw me off. Well, and the this whole thing in the first game is that you're Abe and you're trying to who's the main character there and you're trying to escape because your people are literally being like killed and converted into like the food item that they sell that the company you work for sells. Yes, and this game got overshadowed for me for Halo and Jetsa Radio Future, so <laughs> I never really paid attention. That's to fair. It. Um, yeah, if you're into it, by all means. I'm pretty sure some people are yelling at through their phones or whatever. Like, how can how do you not know Oddworld? But uh, there's just, probably how it fewer is. of those people than you would think. That's just how it is. All right, we are halfway through, kind of, <laughs> and we are reaching the hour mark. We're I doing very you. good. I told you. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. This one I was super hyped for when it first launched, and we finally got a gameplay video, and now I'm not hype anymore. Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, this mm. kind of reminded me of uh, Fatal Frame. You mean the initial launch? I think just kind of in general, like the, the gameplay look of it kind of reminded me of Fatal Frame. There was something about mm-hmm. it that had that similar uh, appeal. It's also from... The creator of Resident Evil, Shinji Mikami, who since worked on uh, The Evil Within. Great games. The second one's supposed to be good. I don't know how involved he was with that one. Mm. Is he still working on this game? Uh, According to this IGN article I'm reading, he he is the director or the lead producer or something on it. His name is attached to it. Mm. So is that a um, Hideo Kojima effect? Potentially. But uh, this one goes straight into the nope territory for me because, uh, I don't know, it didn't look very appealing. When it first announced, my friends were like, shit, you got to play as Hawkeye in Japan. Cause... Sure. <laughs> and we we're like, shit, a Japanese-themed psychological horror game with ghosts and shit. Sign me <laughs> Fatal up. Fatal Frame. <laughs> Fatal Frame, but more modernized and very detailed bowls of ramen in Tokyo. <laughs> And I'm not sure if people notice, but there's a novel called Left Behind, which is a very eh, pro-Christian novel where basically the premise is everyone just disappears one day. It's and during only leaving the, close behind. Uh, the end of days, during yeah. the book of Genesis. They so made a of, movie off of it. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I, I remember watching it at church. Oh, Lord. Um, so it's kind of, it was kind of like that where like people just disappear without a trace, only leaving their clothes behind. And the people who left behind like fight for the survival. That was a good initial premise. And then I saw the gameplay. First thing that kind of raised my red flag is first person. Mm. First person horror games, the only game I know it worked for is Resident Evil 7. I have no 
recollection of any other horror games that was first person shooter that worked? Do you know any? Uh, I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that on Steam, but uh, in terms well, of like am- an actual amnesia. shooter, in terms yeah. of an actual like shooter where it's like a combat oriented game, RE7 is probably the best yeah. example of a success story. And second flag, it's really fast paced from what I can see. You do a lot of hand signs, which made me go back to think like this kind of feels like Shadow Warrior, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Without the guns, except you just do hand signs and like, uh, what would you like? I also neo- think it's a thing of the general like, style of the game looks really conflicting. It doesn't look horror. It looks more like a weird pseudo cyberpunk Tokyo. It's like Killer Seven. Yeah, <laughs> it looks way more modernized oriented yeah. than horror, based off what they showed off in the trailer. So this is like the second game that kind of let me down where like initial premise was like, oh shit, it's going to scare me, scare the hell out of me. It's going to be super cool and make me think about the things I see experience. But the gameplay goes like, oh, you're either super shooting fast bullets and or you're doing super fast on Myoji hand signs and blasting things with. Yeah. Head hype. Not as hype anymore. We'll probably wait for review. Who knows? Game can change over the course of its development. It certainly Resident- can. Look at Resident Evil 4. It turned out to be best action game of all time, but it actually started out as a typical RE game where you just like tank controls and fix camera angles. So here's hoping. Who knows? All right, depression aside. Next game, Jet the Far Shore. This is a game by Super Brothers, who I super respect as an indie company. Are they indie anymore? I have no idea. I think so. So I think we didn't really see gameplay. I think it was more like a trailer, if anything. Like explaining the story behind it. I'm not sure what your take on, is on it. Like it's space. a Space? Dr- you go into space and you come back down to earth to repopulate it i don't know all i know is it's apparently coming out this holiday so uh minimalistic death stranding i don't know because like the last game they worked on wasn't it the sword the sword and sorcery game for like ipad and stuff like that where it's like all pixel art that's like that's what i associate with them and i mean that's their like doesn't really look similar to that they're branching out basically i don't know it it's hard to tell if this is gameplay, pre-rendered, whatever it may be. So I don't really have a, a lot to say here. Speaking of, we have the next game by the makers of Borderlands. Godfall. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like how they presented this game. No, this game has also been known for a while. They've talked about it many times, stating that it's going to be a uh, PS5, Xbox Series X launch title. Or like, like yeah, it's, it's been it's, confirmed. It's been known about for a while. I'm also not the biggest Gearbox fan. Uh, I'm not particularly a fan of their practices and how shitty Randy Pitchford is. So I probably will not be buying this game because I don't want to give Randy the Magician more money. Although you bought Borderlands 3 at launch. I did. I also tried to refund it, but Epic Game Store. 
I'm not sure if I'm the only only one that thinks this, but I don't like when people try to use hip hop in video game trailers. It works sometimes, but not all the time. It did not feel like it fit for Godfall. Like it fit for Mortal Kombat. Also, like I think the idea of like a like a multiplayer melee action game is potentially really interesting. Like that style of character action game, I'm always up for <clears throat> for that if it's the combat's good. But there's something about the style of the game that just feels so generic and i'm just not jiving with it just feels like borderlands with swords but like i don't like how the way the armor looks and stuff like that like just the designs of of like how the characters are presented doesn't really appeal to me like it could be really cool but it just it just doesn't appeal to me it's because we haven't seen the female armor yet hey (laughs) Hmm. next up oh so godfall no (laughs) no I mean, we're, I'm not getting PS5 at launch because obviously. Because who has potentially $600 plus to spend on it? And if Sony does their typical practice of releasing a slim later down the line, why would I even bother? Or a pro for that matter. I was just, I'm just going to say, like what I said to my brother, wait for a good bundle. But we live in Canada and all we get is NHL 2020. You Two. never know. You never know. If South Park taught me anything, you always wait for the Black Friday bundle. Which was NHL. <laughs> Canada sucks. We always get the NHL bundle. I don't know why. You know why. Like, I, get, I heard it sells, but I don't get it. You know why. People need their chill. Ugh. Next up. Gotta bring back the energy to this. Kratos of Hyper Life Drift, which I did not play. Solar Ash. I was really surprised that this was his game because the developer hyper light drifter was a kickstarted zelda-esque i i I would hesitate to call it character action but it's definitely like an action adventure type of game which is Mm -hmm. super good i recommend everyone play hyper light drifter it's a rad game especially if you're a fan of uh the earlier zelda games in that style it's a super cool game with really great music uh this i was i was like wait what this is him he's making like a a 3D action game now? Like, that's out of left field. I thought it just kind of felt like Fury at one point. Yeah. <clears throat> Fury is also, like, in similar visual style. And, like, yeah. the way the character is, like, he's, like, covered in, like, neon. Mm-hmm. And remember the El Shaddai game? Yes. It kind of reminded me of that up to, like, to anything, like, really, like, super stylized and, like, super shiny. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know a lot about it, but given how great Hyperlight Drifter was, they also did a really th- cool thing with Hyperlight Drifter where the game launched locked at 30 frames per second because that's the engine they developed the game on could only go up to that point. Mm-hmm. And because so many people like mentioned, like, hey, I love your game, but like it's I just cannot play like this type of action game at 30 frames <laughs> per second, they remade the game's engine in a different environment and made it so it could run at higher resolutions and all versions of the games got updated to it good i can they play did it that now. for free for free so if you owned the game and uh they just it was just part of an update oh guess that is another one to add to my list definitely keep an eye out on once we know more it could potentially be pretty cool all right <clears throat> now we're getting to the sequels and the big boys here we go one at a time hitman 3 I haven't played a single Hitman game in my life. You would love them. <laughs> Why? Because they're so freaking hilarious. <laughs> Fine, I'll stream it one day. Hitman 1, like the rebooted Hitman games, are excellent. 
I recently got gifted Hitman 2 on Steam, but I've not yet played it because it's like 150 gigs install. Wow. And I don't have the uh, space for that because Jesus. And uh, Hitman because 1, Jesus. Uh, which I, I've, I've played, the, the rebooted Hitman of from Eidos, is, uh, or Eidos. Eidos Interactive, is excellent. They are hilarious stealth games, and I think it's cool that they are able to continue to make them. Also completely unrelated, but right after this event happened, I went to go visit my parents, got out of my car, and a random kid on a bike stopped and told me that I looked like a hitman. <laughs> oh, shit. Because you're, you're bald. Literally, I was just like, uh... Okay, because I don't know who this kid is. He's like, you know, eight year, eight years old, nine years old, and he's like on his bike riding around my parents' suburban neighborhood, and he's like, "Yeah, hitmen tend to be bald," and he just <laughs> continues going on, and I'm just like, I think the PS5 event happened like two days ago. I think he must have seen it. Otherwise, why would he say that? You should have been like, "Don't tell anybody," <laughs> just in a very deadpan voice. We'll keep it to yourself. Or just do the shush motion <laughs> to scare, scare him right off. Pull up my piano wire. Zzzz. You're right. Anyway, I am the hitman. <laughs> I mean, you know too my, much. I, maybe I just need to be that for Halloween. Just get the uh, barcode fake tattooed. Why not? But hitman. Right. Hitman's cool. Hopefully this one is too. And it will conclude the trilogy. Ah. I mean, that's what it says. I mean, <laughs> it's weird because they... Story-wise, it's more just like an excuse to replay missions with changing objectives. So I don't really think many are fully playing these for the story. I don't get what the premise of the story is. Like, isn't every single game trying, like, some party is trying to kill him, and that's it? Well, in most circumstances, it's usually. I mean, it really depends because, like, there's obviously like an earlier trilogy. In like the rebooted trilogy, it's just the idea of you're a contracted hitman. And you find out, like, in the original reboot that uh, all the contracts you're killing are helping someone else in the same organization you work for, like, rise to political power. Mm. But their end game was never revealed, and I haven't played Hitman 2. And I know that that story continues, and I don't know how pre prevalent it is. But in terms of like, the actual gameplay... There's not really that much story holding together each mission. It's more so, okay, you have these objectives, go do it. And you're in a huge, lush sandbox environment to fuck with guards and have a hilarious time doing it. Fine, it'll be my next dream game. Uh -huh. I'm telling you, no other game let me kill and... You don't even need to kill him, but you can like make at the Paris show, make a professional model disappear who looks like you, pretend to be him, and then kill your target dressed as him. Okay, then. And there's a whole <laughs> storyline with it that carries over through the rest of the missions, and it's hysterical. Astro's Playroom. Astrobot VR was pretty cool. I guess he's a new mascot for Sony, and this game is coming free with the PS5. And it looks very good. I mean, it's a uh, first-party developed game by uh, Sony Studios. This will go in the I don't own a VR category. Next. <laughs> I mean, this is apparently, according to the IGN write-up, it is meant to show off the new features of the PS5 controller. Fascinating. And it's coming preloaded onto every PS5. 
You know what else is fascinating? Hmm. The game that stole my attention of the show, Little Ooh. Devils Inside. This game looks really neat. What is it, Andy? From what I can gather, you play as a hunter slash gatherer, and you work for some rich British guy living in Britain, and you go out hunting fantastical, mystical creatures and gather their things and bring it back to the British guy who you work for, and rinse and repeat. I don't but, know. I was getting strong like pseudo Breath of the Wild vibes from this one in terms of like art style and just like environmental exploration. Monster Hunter Britain. <laughs> Monster I don't Hunter know. I don't know what the real the combat we didn't see a whole lot of, but like it, they, they had a lot to show in the trailer, and I was pretty impressed. I'm like, this is like a visually striking game. That's it's different. It's new. I was like. At first, like, oh, it's another one of those, like, oh, it looks really pretty, but, like, it's kind of, like, generic game. And then I saw, like, the different environments and the characters. I was like, ooh. And there looked, like, a lot of different, like, uh, traversal options. There was, like, climbing. There was, like, riding. There was running. There was fighting. There was stealthing. And I was like, all right, like, this could be something. And, uh, and, the, en- and the enemies are huge. Yeah. I would definitely say keep an eye on this one because it was, it's probably one of the games from this show that I was the most interested in. And it also got bad publicity already because it had some, like, indigenous tribes as enemies. And they're like, we're sorry, we're going to take that out of the game. I think this is, like, the first time ever I've witnessed where a game had to apologize before it it even came out. I'm trying to think if there's been another instance. I feel like there must have. You can look that up and correct me. But think this was very amusing. Like, it's it's already had a nick in people's, like, opinions because it was like trying to be stereotypical of things but we are still both excited for it hopefully we see actual gameplay and a, a bit more explanation of what the the old man's role is who knows all right next one darren's favorite game nba 2k 21 <sighs> I don't know why, but like the basketball games, like like every year, all I see is like their sweat of the players makes them more shiny and reflective. It just makes them super shiny and reflective. A lot and of that's them it. have shaved heads, and it's just like, man, those lights. Like it's 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 a sports game, so you're getting a little bit of here things here and there, but it's mostly about the online and like how the online plays. Is there know? a single player where I can create my own basketball star and be guilted by my best friend's ghost who writes me a letter at the end telling him about how a good friend I was and how he tried to ride on my coattails of my basketball career? Please don't pitch your novel ideas on my podcast. This is a real thing that existed <laughs> for one of these games. Which one? I think it was 19. I don't know. It's a sports game. It was written game. by uh, Spike Lee. And he shows up at the end. He's like, yo, I'm Spike Lee. And I like made the story. And you're like, this is awful. Why are you here? Moving on. <laughs> it's crazy. There's this whole story. Did you get like a girlfriend out of nowhere? It's crazy. Did you play Octodad? No. And this, I saw this game, and I was like, "Is this like a Rick and Morty type of thing?" Like, the, I know that uh, they had, a, they have a studio that makes games. This is kind of reminding me of that. And I was like, "Oh, Octodad, that makes sense." It's a good game to play when you're drunk, I think, or if 
You you're indulge in those things when you're high. Yeah, it's one of those games. I think it's more so just like a, it's like a it's what I'd call like streamer bait, where it's meant to it's meant to be played by like a YouTuber, let's player, or in these days more commonly a streamer. Yep, and that's all it is, and we'll just leave it at that. I was I was really uninterested in it. I was like, when is this trailer? It felt it felt like to me the trailer was super long. Yeah, it kind of went on like long as that too. Yeah. Speaking of moving on, this trailer for this next game. The moment I saw the dead body hanging from the crow, I was like, "Shit! These bastards—they did it! They're doing it! They're remaking Demon Souls!" Holy shit! I need to like you—you you need to hide because you called the old one a giant crow. Your information, sir, <sighs> is inaccurate. It's a giant crow. It's not. It's like a giant tree monster thing. Shut up! <laughs> but yes, giant crow. The Demon Souls remake. Everyone at first was like, "Is this Bloodborne? Bloodborne? Is this, is this Elden Rings?" Because they were showing off all these different environments. They were showing like what looked like pilgrims on a journey, and then it cut to the. It's like a, almost a shot-for-shot remake of the Demon Souls intro. Yep, and that's how I got radical, it. And it had like a remixed, redone version of that soundtrack. And this is a, they have confirmed, this is a, uh, from the ground up remake made, okay, stop now, made by Blue Note Games, who are notable for doing the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. I love the soundtrack to Demon's Souls. It's, it's phenomenal. And uh, they also did the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which is a... I have not even beaten that remake, but from what I've played of it, it is phenomenal. I cannot get over how good of a job they did remaking that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm beyond ecstatic for this. This is definitely my game of the event. I think Demon so- Demon Souls is one of my favorite games, period. And it was like the first PS3 game I was super hyped about outside of like Metal Gear Solid. I remember... When people are like, ooh, Skyrim. I was like, Skyrim? Guys, look at Demon Souls. And they're all like, whatever, dude. And then it ended up becoming this big thing. And Dark Souls became this huge franchise. And I'm so happy that this... Because Demon Souls is janky. It is a very rough, unpolished game. And the idea of having a really polished Demon Souls is super exciting. Also, I know I've been going on for a huge tangent about this, but I'm super excited... In Demon Souls, there they there is like five areas that you explore, and they're like separate levels that are united through the Nexus, which is like a hub. And in the Nexus, there was a sixth one that was destroyed, and this is supposed to be the North. And in this trailer, they <laughs> show a lot of <laughs> snowy regions. So people Canada. are speculating that yes. You'll finally <laughs> be able to go to this Canada. six, Jesus, this six <laughs> area. Uh, I tried really hard to sandbag. I'm like, he'll stop. He'll stop Canada. if I say nothing. Canada. <laughs> but yeah, I'm super excited about the Demon Souls remake. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I recently set up the PS3 emulator on my computer just because someone finally made a uh, 60 FPS patch for Demon Souls. And the idea of being able to play like a brand new from the ground up remake of this game is phenomenal. And I think 
way more people need to play Demon Souls because uh, that's why we have Bloodborne. What? So in Demon Souls, there's an area called the Tower of Latria. And it is this horror-styled level where it's like a giant prison. And it is being run by Eldritch Horrors. Do you know what a Mind Flayer is? Do explain. They are Cthulhu-looking mages that are in D&D. They're like a type of monster called Illithids. They have like octopus faces. They're super creepy. And... They, in Demon Souls, they stun you and impale you and kill you. They're, it's really chilling to encounter them. And the tone of this area was so unsettling and unnerving that it served as the basis for Bloodborne. Because Miyazaki, the game's director, he basically wanted to take that experience and make it its own game. Which gave him the inspiration for uh, Bloodborne. And it's also notable because the Tower of Lat- Latria is very gothic inspired whereas the rest of the game is more uh like higher fantasy looking more medieval interesting so uh i think this is pretty much a shoe-in to be an amazing game because blue point games has had a impeccable track record and it's also being developed by sony first party so uh i'm uh, i'm pretty hopeful I read. I watched a interesting YouTube video. I think. Do you know the guy who does like the lore videos for Dark Vati Souls? Vatividia, the most popular Souls YouTube content creator there is. I watched his thoughts on the new Demon Souls trailer, and he made an interesting remark: how everything is so like clear looking, like everything's super definition. Do you know what I mean? It's like so, the details at such a point where there's such a high fidelity you can see every detail. Yeah. And at the same time he says that's good. Like that's really good because it's like a new console but at the same time it kind of takes away from the overall atmosphere that Demon Souls per- like had in PS3 like the whole like grungy like, yeah dark feeling because now everything's like everything's like super, you know, in detail just makes everything more kind of brighter not like happy brighter but does it brighter as in like there's more it, color it's a different it makes atmosphere more, like, a different tone because like the lighting's brighter it's more detail it, high you can contrast. see things more clearly yep so like, kind of takes away the mystery in, of it right yeah there's some levels in the original demon souls where because the lighting is so poor the texture work is so murky that there's a there's an area called the valley of defilement which is like one of the most grueling areas in any souls game and because of all these things that level is super uncomfortable to explore because you're in a swamp at one point that's wide open Mm -hmm. and you're just at a loss for where to go and you're not even sure like what's in the environment what's an enemy and the whole tone of that area is because the game is so grungy and dirty looking but I feel like uh, Blue Point Games is more than up to the task of capturing that type of atmosphere when it calls for it i think my reaction like i thought it was interesting because i did not even th- consider that because when i first saw the trailer like oh shit the tower knight is so detailed now you can actually see like the little details in the armors everything's so, like high definition like ooh, it's so cool but all the h- hardcore fans are thinking like what if that actually messes with the like overall like nostalgic experience i had with the original game 
So I'm kind of glad for I like mean, hardcore people time, like them. We always have the original to go back to too. Ew. Especially on the emulator. Eh. <laughs> I mean, actually stream it so I can see what you're talking about there maybe one day. I mean, it is pretty easy to get up and running on my PC. Alright, so Demon Sold is a must-buy for Darren, for me. Uh, I... Look, I suck at video games and, like... <laughs> I mean, clearly, your most excited games are Ratchet and Clank, which is made for children. And Fucking... GT Sport, where the car drives itself. Woo! I'm, I play video games to have fun, okay? Yeah, do you have fun? Getting your ass blown up. I have enough stress in life. <laughs> Do you know fun? More stress in video games. <sighs> well, I mean, I'll probably enjoy seeing other people play it. I think that's also, like, the joy I find in, like, these soul games where I see really good people, like, just dance around these bosses like they're nothing. I kind of find enjoyment in that, too. Moving on. We have another game from Bethesda. They are very, very busy. Or is it Bethesda? Or is this published by Bethesda? Hmm. It is likely published if you're talking about what <coughs> I think you're talking about. Deathloop by Arcane Studios. Yeah, that's by Arcane Studios. <laughs> My bad. I just thought Bethesda, I'm like, it's going to be buggy as shit, isn't it? But no, it's by Arcane Studios, who I don't know what they're... They Death make the Dishonored games. Then I will probably like this game. I like the, the Dishonored games? Yeah, I play shit out of one. I never and, knew that. And two is up in my queue list to play. But yeah, what the premise I saw was like really interesting. You basically assassin and you hunt down people. But the twist is, I think from what I understood from the trailer, is someone hunting you as well, right? Yes. Preventing like you from killing the targets. Game. So what I, what I understand is like you play you either play as the assassin going after the NPC targets. Or you play as a secondary assassin who's going after the other assassin. And you can like thwart their plans. And I think that's really interesting because it's kind of like you're running a speedrun race where you're trying to prevent other people from succeeding. Kind I of. think there's definitely potential in the idea, but I feel like it didn't, it didn't show particularly well. I mean, I'm itching for a good story-driven shooter these days because it's all about like the multiplayer shooters, shooters again. I mean... Can you name me some good first-person shooter that had good story from the last generation? Prey. Okay, that's Also one. made by Arcane Studios. Lol? Coincidence? I think not. Um, anything else? Deus Ex, if you count those. Um, uh, Titanfall. I miss a good... I wish there was a new Bioshock this game. Is what I want. I mean, if you want Bioshock, go play Prey 2017, because it's literally that type of game. Fine. It's super good, and it's super spooky. You'll never trust a coffee cup again. Oh, I don't want more stress in my life. <laughs> hey, Andy, do you know about Mimics? Yes, I saw the speed run. Game's nuts. I love it. AGDQ. <laughs> All right. In this game, the start of Capcom's reign again in this generation. <laughs> I don't know about that. Resident Evil 8 was announced, but they're calling oh, it right. Resident I thought Evil you were Village. About game. No. What? <laughs> Why? What? what? <laughs> they have another game that was at this event. Oh, yeah, but that's not... We're going alphabet. No, we're going in order as they announced it. 
according good, to good. GameSpot's article. <laughs> All right, Resident Evil 8 slash Village. But I think it's just got to be called 8 in the end, right? Yes. Yeah, it okay. is Resident Evil 8 Village. We're calling it 8. Like, that's a dumb name. So what got me hyped about this particular trailer is we're no longer dealing with just zombies or freaks. We're dealing with werewolves. And from the hints that the internet dug up, this might be based in Romania, which means fucking vampires might be a thing too. I mean, it certainly seems to be going that uh, direction. New, new enemy variety, and then we're base we're playing what happened after seven because obviously we're playing as Ethan from seven. We are. And I did. I did not know that. Yeah, you. He- they hear like literally say Ethan. It's name. That's so weird. I would not expect them to go back to Ethan. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like they would think like he didn't. He seemed like such a non. He seemed like a parody of a Resident Evil protagonist. So it's weird to me they're going back to him. But all right. What's weirder for me was they brought back Chris at the end of the trailer. Well, he was in the end of Seven. Yeah, but that. Chris Redfield, we don't know if it's actually the Chris Redfield from Six, you know what I mean? Because they like they look really different. But yeah, but that's, Chris Redfield in I mean, Eight looks like the one from Six. <laughs> I mean, the one from Six and Five also doesn't look like the one from One in Code Veronica. Look, he's just a steroids, right? That, that's out of the question. Maybe he's just <laughs> suffering from the after effects of that. No, but like the the one from Seven, I thought it was like a like a reboot of the character. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing that's gotten everyone confused is like Seven was so detached from the rest yeah. of the canon that no one really knows if it was a soft reboot or a continuation. And but then Redfield shows up at the end. Not Chris. And well, he has Chris, his but... own playable uh, DLC campaign for Seven. So I think it's speculated that this is, in fact, Chris. From Seven? Or Chris from six. Just Chris is Chris. Chris is Chris. Okay. <laughs> and then the other hint was like he might be the villain by the looks of things. But then again, that's just initial thoughts. So this game, even though I only played like seven briefly, I didn't beat it. But this trailer, as most Capcom trailers do, got me hyped for the game even if, you know, it's a good trailer, right? Capcom knows how to make trailers. And they've the trailers in, been in this business for a okay. while. And given how they dominated or they kind of did like the comeback of last year, Capcom is back. Yes. And I have high hopes that this year will be another great year for Capcom games again, except they're fighting divisions. But who knows, maybe we'll get a decent Marvel versus Capcom game, or even CBS three. Maybe Street Fighter six will be good, but that's Maybe. another topic for another discussion. The next game, which I immediately recognize as a Capcom game, sorry, long podcast. I immediately recognized as a Capcom game because they use the same goddamn hair texture they use for Trish from Devil May Cry five, Pragmata, which raises Cat? a. L- which had more questions than answers. It certainly did. At first, I was like, is this a Vanquished sequel? Ooh. Then, no, you play some, like, Death Stranding kind of guy, and 
Death Stranding. Everything looks starting to look like Everything Death Stranding. Kojima has predicted the future again. Everything is Death Stranding. So spacesuit gets thrown into the air along with debris cars, and then he's in the moon with the little girl who also has like glowing eyes and android-like aspects. And she can breathe in space. And has great hair. And that's all we know about it. So this is also going into the we know nothing about it pile. What was the uh, the name of that PS3 medieval combat game? Was it called Deep Dive? The one that Capcom was making? Yeah, and they showed it off at a bunch of different shows and they kept talking about it and then it just disappeared. Didn't that become Dragon's Dogma? No. This was made by the is reportedly being worked on by some of the same staff, but this was way after Dragon's Dogma. Hmm. But yeah, I do remember what you're talking about because, like, ooh, it's like kind of like, uh, what call it? Like Demon Souls, but better at the time. Well, well. Not saying it not, not at the time. At the time. <clears throat> don't don't get we, it. Uh, we definitely can't say it's better because uh, never, never got released. I thought it just became the Dragon's Dogma. No, this came this. This I think this was a PS4 demo. Correct. Dragon's Dogma was uh, back in like 2008 or nine. Why are you bringing that up? Uh, just because this <laughs> re- it reminds me that this could be like vaporware. Oh, it's like another one of those like it's really cool concept, but we never actually like do anything but, with but it. But this is actually not a game. Yeah, it's just a tech demo. Yeah. All right, we saved the best for last, and that's what Sony did. But I did not play the first game, so Darren, you will have to do most of the talking for me. Uh oh. Horizon Zero Dawn gets a sequel in Horizon Forbidden West. We're going to America. Yeah. Please. I mean, uh, yeah. I did Explain. not beat Horizon. We uh, suck at this jobs. <laughs> we suck at our jobs. Uh, it's rough. There's too many games. Well, he- here's my problem. Horizon is one of those open world games that has tons of side quests and side objectives, and I'm really sick of those types of games because that's what this console generation has been all about. But I will say Horizon is a good one of those. It's a very polished experience. This is made by Guerrilla Games, who previously are known for the uh kill zone series and this is mm-hmm. a completely different direction for them horizon no kill zone anymore <laughs> yeah they they're done with that um Boo. and horizon was quite successful it is a very pretty looking game i think the idea of more horizon is cool because there is a lot i think they could expand upon in terms of the story and the combat um but uh for now I'm kind of like, I'm excited and happy that it's happening, but I'm not sitting here going, ooh, I need to beat Horizon 1 now, you know? Yeah, like it looks really pretty. It definitely is a showstopper. I will say of all the games I've tested on the PS4 Pro in 4K, Horizon is like in the top three. Ah, man, wait wait till you try Ghost of Tsushima. I am very hopeful that that, <sighs> that one's going to be a gem. Really I'm surprised they did not announce that for PS5. I guess they didn't want people to like not buy well, for PS4. Well, allegedly, there's going to be backwards compatibility. Allegedly. We, but, uh, but as I suspected, uh, we never found out from this event. 
So that was all the games they announced. Yes. Wow. We we did it. We did it. They we did it, and so did they. They they talked about a lot of stuff. And then they announced the looks of the actual console and the accessories that will come with it. So let's get the memes out of the way. Yes, it looks like a bloody internet router. Yes, it looks like Seto Kaiba's jacket. <laughs> yes, it looks like a lot of things. It's a and very different uh, looking system for Sony. They literally did the opposite of what Xbox did. Which is hilarious to me. Xbox went for a more like modern design where it fits with the other smart technologies in this day and age where it's very like uniformly shaped no outstanding shapes it's like it's a rectangle it's a size of a fridge kind of thing it looks like a router too but the sony thing it's purposely trying to stand out from the crowd and this is like the most out of left field they ever done in the history of their console designs i think I don't know what you think about it. I mean, it's interesting because the PlayStation was a gray box, and then from that point onward, all the PlayStation systems have been like black boxes, and it's kind of well, weird the... to see them do something so different. PS3 was a grill. Yeah, I, I mean, there's tons of jokes and showings of people Cylinders. who bought their PS3 to actually make it a, a grill. Uh, Kudos to them. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird looking system, and I'm really worried it's going to be like obnoxiously big. Well, to save your fears, the image that is circulating around the internet right now—that's like uh, having the console sit next to a PS2 and a that Nintendo is Switch confirmed Lite. to be fake. Yeah, confirmed to be fake. And yes, you can, you can put it on the side, as announced by other images after the event they announced two SKUs one with the disk drive which is probably what everyone's going to get and Say then that. I I mean think the, the digital edition with no disk drive and hopefully it comes with at least a terabyte of space because god forbid if, if they announce it with only a 500 gigabytes and they're trying to download the games of this day and age where like it's almost like 80 plus 100 gigabytes a piece that's gonna be rough like i'm having trouble on my ps4 pro right now trying to like i recently ran out of space i couldn't finish downloading a update for grand blue because i had modern warfare 2 and not not modern warfare 2 sorry mw2 installed like the world war 2 game Mm mm-hmm and I had to delete that off my um, hard drive because I ran out of space. And I was like, holy shit, I, this is a terabyte and I already ran out of space on this machine. I mean, that's, like, that's a crazy. problem across uh, all gaming. I, like Even on PC, I constantly struggle with uh, navigating um, how much storage I, and, and capacity I have. I think it is a uh, a big problem because as games get more and more detailed, they require uh, more and more memory, more space, more resources, and I think that is uh, nothing new. And I think it's going to be a real struggle for everyone on every system going forward. People were making fun of how wobbly that PS5 with the disk drive was for like a lot 
of opinions from tournament organizers for like fighting games. But I think in the future, I think most owner like tournament organizers might just get the digital edition. Then you don't have to worry about like it wobbling. You don't have to worry about like disc drive I mean, failures. I'm definitely looking at the uh, digital version because I real I realistically I don't I think I own maybe eight physical PS4 games at this point, and everything else is just via download. And if this system's going to be backwards compatible. It's a lot easier to, to me just to download the games I want to play. How do you think they will do that if you own the physical games? Like you just get a thumb somehow, like kind of like register your game. And I imagine the they're just going to say if you want to play your disc, if, if this is a big if, if the yeah. <laughs> PS4 is even uh, backwards compatible to begin with. Mm-hmm. If it is, I bet you they're going to say if you want to play the discs, you need to buy the the disc drive or mm. they'll do what the xbox did and have like a attachment for a disc drive oh god i remember that thing yeah that's what i think they would uh they would do if they were really worried about it but i think like people are making fun like who's gonna get the digital edition but like nowadays i think a digital edition is more smarter if only to implement a good refund experience for games because that's I the only i don't think we're gonna get there I mean, if, st- if that if that even happens, like fucking Steam did it. But Steam is a unified storefront where the only method of purchase is digital. I mean, I think you you would have to like refund for only games that you bought through the store and not through like a coupon. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, they would have a, doable. Yeah, they would have a mean to actually refund you the money. Because if you refund the code because you could have bought the code from, like, you know, a third-party seller, obviously you can't really refund those. I mean, the only thing stopping me from getting an all-digital edition console is, like, what if I don't like the game I bought and then I just, like, not play again? At least if I have a physical copy, I can, like, trade it in, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the only reason I'm stopping it. And, obviously, the running out of spacing is a big part. Especially games like Warzone for Call of Duty where the... It's taking up almost like 300 gigabytes of space for some people. I don't know why. Yeah, some games are uh, absolute resource hogs. For things that the players not, might not even use, but they have to always like distribute the same package because all these like texture packs and 4Ks and all these like extra guns and skins they're adding to the store, that's adding up a lot. And they're only in this for like the fourth season. If they go to like the next gen for like the consoles and like the texture packs becomes even like more detailed and more content. You think you're going to have space? Fuck no. <laughs> so that leads to my final question that I've been wondering about forever, and it's been leaked by other retailers. What is this going to cost? I mean, estimates are over $600. And we live in, well, we two of us live in fucking Canada, so that's, if it's 600 USD, it's going to be like 700, 800 Canadian dollars. And that's insane. That's insane. I think that would be a uh, a major step backwards because Sony struggled so hard during the uh, fifth PS3, console right. generation with the PS3 because its price point was way higher than the Xboxes. I think what they do is they price the console at the same price they did with the PS4, like three ninety nine, uh, maybe three forty nine for the digital edition, but they charge the games ten dollars more now. And that's Maybe. how they make back the money. I don't know. There's something about the way all the marketing about this system has been so far that I just feel like it's going to be a premium price. And they didn't even like say like 
Well, obviously they won't at the beginning because usually it's a later down the line thing. Like, are they going to do a pro edition, or is yeah. this the pro? I mean, it's a good question because uh, the pro and the Xbox series, the Xbox One X, have uh, been paradigm shifts. They've changed the conversation about uh, midlife system re-releases. So, mm-hmm. who's to say? And the question also becomes like, what does a pro bring? Because the PS4 era pro, the biggest thing it brought was super sampling, of course, and the ability for some games to be pushed to 60 FPS. Like that was a big ass thing for Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Yes, there are some games where it is a monumental difference. And uh, I don't know. It's, It's weird. There's also talk going around that Sony might be looking to publish their games on PC. So there might be a future where you can play all the big games on your PC without having having to worry about buying a $800 box that will be out of date tech-wise within a few years of its existence. PlayStation Pass? Who knows? Who knows? But I think that's pretty much it for the whole event, isn't it? Yep, we actually went through all of it and we did not lose our tempo. Yay. <laughs> Actually, we did. We're we're dead tired. <laughs> oh god. Um. I mean, it's all speculations at this point. I mean, we always have to wait. It's it's June, mid June right now. So I think all the chips will be thrown down. All the cars will be thrown down at around the Christmas time. Because if you some of the trailers for the games, especially for Godfall, because that has been confirmed for holiday twenty twenty twenty. Which is yeah. obviously a, a number December. of these titles have been confirmed for uh, 2020, which makes people wonder. Like Godfall, for instance, kind of like makes sense because it's also launching on the Xbox Series One X, and that's confirmed to be launching in the uh, holidays. But they're wondering, like, does this also mean same for the PS5? Obviously, Christmas time, Boxing Day, Black Friday sale, like this is a like the, the biggest showdown. These console like. Uh, manufacturers need to be at otherwise they don't get sales uh, for like for instance black friday not really because i don't i don't think they're going to discount the ps5 and xbox series one x like on the black friday uh maybe get a bundle but like christmas is like what's a good like it's d-day basically yeah yeah it's retail d-day you either go there or you lose the war so i think sony will be dumb not to be launching at christmas time and I think that's when we'll actually see what happens, like backwards compatibility, pricing, bundles. Like the PS4 had like initial launch bundle with Knack, if anybody remembers that. <laughs> um, I can if they launch it with Ratchet and Clank, like holy shit, that'd be the most kick-ass thing ever. Um, but yeah, like right now, everyone's super hyped about the PS5, and we'll have to see a how Microsoft responds. And B, what's going to happen on Christmas? Obviously, Only there's going to be gigantic price drops for this current, like, not the next generation, but current generation's uh, consoles. I can expect PS5 4 to drop to, like, 200 bucks this Black Friday. Because I just want to get rid of, the, like, the stock. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like the, like, enjoy the last months of gaming because we have finally opened the gates for the next generation of the console wars. 
and people are still acting like petty idiots on the internet trying to argue like whose console's better. I bought this box, so it's the best box. I bought this internet router, so it's the best internet router. I will die for this internet router. Your box is shit. <gasps> the dumbest thing I ever seen was like, oh, look at this Pokemon Sword and Shield graphics and look at this PS5 Horizon trailer. What the fuck? Anyway, this has been another long-ass podcast. And no, this does not mean we'll be back next year <laughs> or in December when the holiday season rolls out. Um, things has things are looking to be going back to normal in a way, not entirely because USA is still reporting record, you know, cases of corona act uh, coronavirus. Yep, COVID nineteen yeah. coronavirus, wow, whatever you want to call it. I forgot what it was called. Um, coronavirus. So I don't think we'll be, be going back to our regular, you know, game release, um, formats, but I think people are slowly adapting to presenting things online and delivering news online so i think you know like we have been in a serious drought for news for the past several months but i think we'll be back to seeing more regularly trickling news for the months to come i am very interested to see what how xbox responds with their um, software lineup and actually wondering what Nintendo has because they've been awfully silent and have nothing to show except for like the new Pokemon stuff they announced today, which is June seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, other things in the like, we'll we'll make episodes as news comes out. So look forward to that. Um, follow us on the various podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcast Music. Darren, where can people find you? And would you like to explain your current project you have going on sure i'll uh, do that real quickly for the the f- good folks at home listening in so essentially my youtube channel the gaming pilgrimage has been resurrected Resurrection. i am currently yeah that's i was thinking of that too uh <laughs> i am essentially releasing video podcast content for the foreseeable future Essentially, it is myself and a co-host are going to play through the entirety of a video game and have a big old conversation about it. And this will be done live at my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash thegamingpilgrimage and then a edited VOD with uh, clips and hiccups taken out of it will be put up on YouTube uh, shortly thereafter and then a podcast version and audio version will be released on podcasting platforms currently i have uh we have so far done the pilot episode which was about metal gear solid for the playstation one and the next title or the next game that we're covering is ace combat 7 which uh andy will be joining me on and in that we will discover that war is bad but planes are rad uh, did you plug in your Twitter? <laughs> if you want updates on this, you should go to at uh, Gaming Pilgrim to uh, hear me freak out about stuff. And you will not—you will find me shortly replying and liking his tweets. <laughs> um, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I'm just making content as I feel like it. So, if you want consistency, <laughs> don't look towards me. But I am. 
Well, right right now my content priority is podcast and streaming. I have I made to. Well, I'm still continuing my solo esports podcast, the Esports Blues, and I talked about the Valorant uh, during its launch. And as more esports news comes around, I'll pump out some more content for that. And I'll, as this said before, as new video game news comes out. I will drag Darren, and we'll have more gaming boots podcast episodes. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll bring back Jen, or maybe we'll have a Yakuza Zero episode on Darren's channel because that makes more sense to top more sense topically, and talk about Yakuza Zero. Who knows? That could be pretty cool. That's rad. And holy shits! Holy shit! Holy shit! I hate one thing. I hate like they didn't really translate that well in Japanese. <laughs> it doesn't really say holy shit, but like. Makes but I sense. feel like I like it more. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which is mostly for uh, edited versions on my streams. I recently finished Mega Man Star Force 1 Dragon on the Nintendo DS during my stream. So I'm very, very slowly uploading the trimmed VODs of those each stream streams. And we'll make a complete play- playlist of that. Um, I will say, as someone who watched a the majority of that playthrough live on Twitch, I will say to your listeners here that they should check it out because uh, you'll see how Andy is not fit to be an a astronomer or an astronaut. Or a calculator. <laughs> or a calculator. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Last Blues. You can find me streaming on random days at Last Blues on Twitch. As I said, I just finished the Mega Man um, Star Force. I, I'm i literally like have a basket full of games I want to stream next. I just haven't really focused on what I want to play next. Um, Darren recommend said like Hitman seems like a very fun game to stream. I also noticed that people observing my stupidity is also very interesting. So I might think playing like uh, the old Layton games or like, I don't know, Phoenix Wright, Drangaropa, all that fun stuff. I'll also play fighting games. But the big thing in the near future is Darren's going to drag me into playing Gundam Versus. I will drag you kicking and screaming. So look out for that because I think I mean, if you like watching, hearing people be super salty on fighting games, if you can call that a fighting game, this is it. This is, the, this is the epitome of my salty rage. And we will have more announcement on that soon, I think. I mean, Darren will announce it first and I'll just sidekick him. Alright, this has been a long night and a long discussion, a very overdue discussion about the PS5. My name is Andy, my co-host as always, and I appreciate him being here all the time, Mr. Darren McPhail. Always happy to be here. And we will see you on the eventual next podcast of the Gaming Blues Podcast. Take care. Now.